Good morning, church family. It's great to be here with you again this week. Well, we had another big change uh, on the staff this last week, and you know, we just want to uh, uh, just thank God for the Lorenzans and for Naomi and for her ministry. And uh, we just, you know, we wish them the best, and we know they're still going to be part of our church family, but we just want to celebrate them. We're going to get a chance to celebrate our staff that have changed. And, you know, we've gone through so many changes uh, as a church in this last season. It's just uh, amazing to me. And, um, but, you know, God is good through it all. And uh, we need to understand that part of life is walking through, you know, the valley of challenges, the valley of changes, different things that happen. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we look at Psalm 23, walking through the valley. You know, we started our journey in Psalm 23 last week, and we really learned that, uh, you know, one of the most quoted lines of scripture is found in the beginning of Psalm 23. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You often hear that in movie lines or in different funerals you'll go to, you'll hear this line, but it means so much more than we have always thought or understood it to mean. And uh, we found out that it means the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd and my traveling companion. Really, Psalm 23 is not a psalm about death, but a psalm about life and life abundant and what it means to live life with our best friend and our shepherd God. Amazing. You know, we found out uh, last week that God's provision is revealed in his presence. If you are with God, if God is with you and you're walking with God, whatever is revealed to you is yours by faith. And so we learned that as we went through the different psalm that many of the uh, understandings of the Old Testament, many of the revelations of who God was, you know, the great I am, there's like seven or eight of them, depending on on which scholar you, you look at, that God reveals himself. He kind of fills in the check or kind of that blank check of I am what? And we found out that God filled in the check and really Psalm 23 is the revelation of all those names. It's kind of incredible, compacted into these little six verses. And so we talked about a few of those last week. You know, like the first one was, I shall not want. So after Jehovah uh, Rahab, which is uh, the Lord is my shepherd, we found out that, you know, what I shall not want is referring to Jehovah Jireh or I am your provision. So I am provision is what it means. And then Jehovah Shalom, it comes from, you know, he makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the quiet waters saying, I am peace, which is one of the revelations that came in the Old Testament. And then he restores my soul is talking about Jehovah Rapha, which is our healer. I am healer. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake which is I am righteousness or Jehovah Sidkenu. And so in this psalm, power packed into these six verses, church family, uh, are a revelation of God and uh, really a revelation of who God is to you and for you. You see, the provision of God is in his presence. All that he is, he is to us as we walk with him and our best friend and our traveling companion in life as we walk with him by faith. We access these things. I want you to understand that faith is critical to this. Trusting God, believing God, having confidence in Him in the daily moments of our life is what is very, very important. Because although God is all these things, He's only these things to you if you access them through faith. In other words, I am peace, you know, Jehovah Shalom. Um, That's who God is. But He becomes, I am your peace when you access that by faith. 
In other words, as you walk with God, living by faith, you know, God longs to be, we need to understand that our best friend and our righteous savior, he longs to be our provider, our shepherd king. He longs to be our peace and our rest. He longs to be our healer. He longs to be our righteous guide. All of these things are accessed as we walk by faith. You see, living by faith is just walking in relational trust. All of us understand that. We trust certain people and we walk with them every day. This is what God is asking his church to do. He's asking people to walk with him and to live out faith. And if we will walk with God in relational trust, we access these things that are part of his nature. Hallelujah. You know, I want us to understand that this sounds great and who wouldn't want to do it? But do you understand that you have a choice? <laughs> you have a choice as to whether you access Christ or access the good shepherd or your best friend or walk with him by faith. You have a choice whether you do that or not. And I want you to understand we're in a great moment in church history. And, and uh, all of us need to grasp that all of life is really a test. You're walking through different tests. And as you're walking, you either walk with God or you walk with someone else. That's really what it is. It really comes down to those two choices. And for all of us, we need to grasp that. I, I'm seeing this more and more, and I want you to understand this as a church family. I wanna compel you, I want to plead with you. Uh, this is a season where God, by his great mercy and grace, is calling people to walk with him. And I'm telling you, people are making a choice to press into God as never before, growing closer in their relationship with him, which is amazing to watch and, and to see. And I know for my own life, I, I am definitely doing that as well. And uh, I want you to, I want to commend you if that's what, if you're doing that in your life. But I need you to understand there's also a lot of people that are not. They're just kind of drifting. And I'm, I'm seeing a separation even beginning to happen in the church that we're beginning to see people who are pursuing God and walking with God daily and others that are just kind of drifting. And I'm going to, it's not going to end well for you drifters. I'm just, I need to warn you as your pastor, now is the time to come back, to turn, to repent. That's what that word means, right? To, to change your thinking and come back and align yourself with God. And so I want you to understand that in this life, we're walking with this great God, but not everything in this life is meant to be easy. You know, our first week we talked about the Lord is my shepherd and we talked about the great provision of God. And this week we're really gonna talk about the great protection of God as we look into his word in Psalm 23. Be one who walks with him. Let's pray and see what that means that God is not only our provider, but also our protector. Father God, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit we thank you for the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. We thank you that you fill us with life and fill us with understanding. Lord, you come not only as our provider, but as our great protector. And I pray, God, that we would learn today that we need to make a choice to either walk with you by faith or we walk with someone else, which we'll talk about in just a few moments. Lord, God, help us to understand Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts to receive and respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, what we're gonna look at today is the next part of Psalm 23, and I'll read it to you first. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The great protection that comes as we walk with our best friend and our shepherd is seen in these verses. You see, we need to understand that not all of life is green meadows and refreshing waters. We all know that. We know that to be true. That's why our text started off with it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, we need to understand the context of this verse. A shepherd would, would be uh, leading his flock. He'd be calling them by name. They would follow him and he would lead them to green pastures and to quiet meadows. And uh, he would, you know, they would drink, they would eat, uh, they would lie down in that grass, all those wonderful things, the pictures of the first part of the psalm, which we led, uh, read. But, you know, we, I need to understand that then the shepherd's job in the dry, arid, Middle Eastern climate would be then to take the sheep to the next pasture. And so that's part of the journey was he was finding pasture to pasture and uh, finding places where the flock could feed and the flock could drink those things. And what they would have to do, these shepherds, they would walk along and they would leave the pasture that they had, you know, the grass is all gone, the, the sheep had eaten, and they would move on to the next pasture. And often they'd have to walk through valleys. And uh, they were called, I think, wadis is the word. They were called wadis. And uh, they would, these were very narrow paths. I understand you're walking along like a, on, a, on a flat plateau, and then you have to plunge into a valley. Now, as a sheep, you just can't run down the hill. Right? They'd have to go down these narrow winding paths that would kind of like these switchbacks. They would go back and forth and back and forth. It would take a great deal of time to walk down into the valley and then come back up the same thing uh, through these narrow winding paths all the way back up to the next side to get to the next place. And this is what it's referring to when it's talking about you know, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Because the, the heat, understand something, the heat would be stifling. It would be dangerous. It was very narrow pathways. And they would be leading these sheep. And their greatest points of vulnerability would be in those moments. And the shepherd was leading them to get to the next pasture land. You know, that's kind of a picture of your life and our life, isn't it? You know, we love the provision of the Lord. We love lying down in green meadows and, you know, green pastures and drinking the refreshing water of his presence. But we know that life has a lot of times of dryness and stifling heat and at times even danger. You know, it's part of the, of the journey of life to walk through the valley. This is the testing that comes to purify our faith, that testing that comes to press us closer to our shepherd king and our best friend. But, uh, you know, this is what happens. And you just need to understand this is what life is about. C.S. Lewis used to call it traveling through the shadowlands, that really life in this earth, is, it's all about the shadowlands, the shadow of death that surrounds us at times and is all around us. That's where we live. We live in this world. But really the question becomes this, who will lead you through the shadowlands? Who will you walk with when you're walking in the valley of the shadow? You see, you have two choices of traveling companions. And, uh, you know, I, I never really understood this fully until I was really, really researching this text in the past week. And uh, the, these two choices of traveling companions, the first one actually, believe it or not, is evil. 
Evil is a traveling companion. It's a choice that we make. Hang on, let me explain that. And it's kind of shocking, actually. This text goes on, I will fear no evil. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And that word fear is a very interesting word. It means to revere. And revere is kind of this deep understanding of, I have a deep respect for this. Not respect so much like, oh, I just love that and, it, and you know, I want to be like that. That's what I mean. But it, it kind of, it's compelling. In other words, I have to pay attention to this. Do you follow me? Fear is demanding that we pay attention to it. And in a sense, what happens is when we pay attention to fear, follow me now, we begin to revere it and then we place our faith in it. Does that make sense? And that's what happens. You begin to think this is what is true. And, and fear will demand that of you. It, it presses on you. It demands that you revere it. And then it goes on, I will fear no evil. And uh, that word for evil, this is what freaked me out. I, I literally had to spend an extra day studying this because I, I just I couldn't grasp this until I started to really research it. You know, the word for evil is very, very similar to the word for shepherd. Let me explain. The word for evil is the word ra, ra'ah. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I just looked this stuff up, okay, and I researched it. You can do the same thing. That's the word for evil. Now, that is found in, in, you know, in, uh, in the Hebrew understanding for evil in this context. But the word for shepherd is ra'ah. So we got these two words that are so similar. And I was like, Lord, why are these words so similar? There's just like a couple little Greek, or sorry, Hebrew letters that distinguish between them. And let me explain that. And I really felt the Holy Spirit say, Greg, because it, 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 it's all about who you choose to travel with in this life. And so then I began to research that more. And the word evil, that word ra, the first part of the, the word evil, it means this. Of course, it means what we think it means. Bad, naturally or morally, adversity, affliction, calamity, distress, harm, hurt, ill, mischief, wretchedness, you know, wrong, spoiling, making, good for nothing. You know, that's what you think evil means. And, and I would say, yeah, amen. Of course, that's what it means. But because this ra'ah, ra'ah is attached to the end of that word for evil, this means, this is what this is talking about to associate yourself with and show yourself friendly to, and this blew me away, by mistaking it for the word for shepherd and best friend. It's literally what it says. Incredible to associate yourself or to show yourself friendly toward as mistaking it for the same word as shepherd. So the evil word here, the word evil here is like the word shepherd, but it's not meaning the opposite of God. It's meaning the counterfeit of God. Let me explain that. You see, evil is trying to lead us into a counterfeit to follow it. And, uh, you know, the sheep associate themselves when they associate themselves and they, when they befriend this evil, it's because they mistake it for the shepherd. And then what, I, what is that saying? It means, where do I find my provision? <laughs> where do I find my peace? Where do I find my strength? Where do I find my protection? You either find it with God or you find it in this world. 
This is what the text is warning us about and saying, I, I will fear no evil. And uh, why? Because God, you are with me. But you still have to choose between those two paths. Either you're going to follow the counterfeit or you're going to follow the real deal. And this is why 1 John chapter 2, and you've heard me quote this passage before, but I will need to read it again and I'm going to add the very last verse that follows what I'm going to read. Here it goes in 1 John chapter 2. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But he who does what God wants is set for eternity. Now listen to the very next line. Children, time is just about up. You heard that Antichrist is coming. Well, they're all over the place. Antichrists everywhere you look. That's how we know that it's close to the end. Now the word Antichrist, I always thought meant the opposite of Christ, like an anti-God. But do you know what the word actually means? It means the counterfeit of. Do you know the devil is constantly counterfeiting what God does in order to trap people and to lead them into evil and to lead them astray? You see, the joy of the Lord is our strength, so the enemy tries to replicate that joy by getting people addicted to different drugs or different, addicted to different things that bring pleasure. Do you understand? Always a counterfeit is present for us to follow after rather than to follow after God. You see, the question then becomes, where will you and I place our faith? Where will we trust as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death in this life? You know, we have an incredible invitation from our best friend and our shepherd to follow him, to walk with him. And if we walk with him, we will walk in peace. If we walk with him, we'll walk in confidence. If we walk with him, we'll walk in provision. We'll walk in all that he is. He is to us if we will access that by faith. What an incredible thing. You know, my choice is either to walk with evil or to walk with God. You see, the text goes on and says, you know, I, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. You are with me, God. You see, you have a traveling companion in the Lord. And uh, he's a good shepherd. He's a good provider. He's all the things that we need. He's our peace, our provision, as we've said, our rest, our guidance. You know, I love this. You know, the word for you are with me is another revelation of the character of God found in the Old Testament. And the word is Jehovah Shammah. And it means I am there or I am present. It's one of God's names. So when we walk by faith, what he's saying is, I am there with you. When we connect to God, that's what we're doing. You know, the reality of the kingdom of God is always all around us. And you can read about that in Ezekiel 48, 35. It's talking about the innate God enabling us to be with him in an eternal reality of walking with God. But that's not just going to happen in heaven one day. Do you know that God wants to walk with us every day, that he is there in our every moment 
present in our every situation. This is why Matthew 28, 20 says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm always there for you. Hebrews 13, five says, keep your, your lives free from the love of money, content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. It's why Joshua was commanded by God in Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Guys, listen, we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death and all around us, death is pressing in on us. And, and, and God is saying, I wanna bring life and life abundant. Walk with me. Don't walk with evil. Don't walk with this world. Don't walk with the counterfeit. Walk with the real deal. The real deal that will walk with you not only now in this life, but will walk with you into eternity. Wow. You see, as we walk with God, you need to understand that your present and my present reality is God's address. God is not waiting for you on the other side of something. He is present with you. Do you know, listen to me, guys. This is an incredible thought. One of the things that changed my life in spiritual disciplines was to understand that I didn't do the discipline to reach God, but I did the discipline with God. You want to change fasting in your life? Actually say, God, help me and walk with me as I fast today. Wow. Wow. As you read your Bible, you say, God, I'm reading this Bible. I want to get to know you more. Would you open my eyes as my traveling companion? Holy Spirit, would you teach me as I read the word? You can say, Lord, even as I pray to talk to you, you're here with me. Would you teach me to pray? That's what the disciples did, didn't they? They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Guys, I, I want you to understand God is with you in all of life. He is saying, I am Jehovah Shammah. I am the God who is there. I am the God who is present with you in whatever you're going through as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God, the giver of life, is with you, church. What happens when we walk with him? The text goes on and says, your rod and your staff will comfort me. And we know that the rod, of course, provides protection. The staff is providing guidance and comfort and support. You know, the rod is like the scepter of a king representing his authority and his power. You know, the shepherd would carry that rod and he would be able to strike off enemies and, and displace those that would attack the sheep. And we were thankful for God's authority, God's power, and that, that the shepherd's crook or, the, or the, uh, the, the staff of the shepherd, he could hook a sheep if it was, you know, drinking too much water and the river was maybe moving a little bit quick. Oh, no, you don't get next to that water because if your wool fills up with water, you're going to get pulled right down that river. So he'd hook that sheep and pull it out. And, and it was, you know, providing comfort and, and direction and safety and support for people. This is the picture of our great shepherd king. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The point is this, is that if we're close to God, even in the midst of great danger and trial, he will protect us and he will comfort us. Thank you, God. It goes on in the Psalm and it says, you will prepare, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, while we're traveling in this world, church, I need you to understand, and you do understand this, 
that God is constantly setting a table in front of us. He's constantly before us. A table of provision, a table of protection, a table of blessing, a table of abundance. You know, all, maybe not all that we want, but certainly all that we need is found on that table. He's inviting us, this is so cool, He's inviting us to be his guests at his table. He's not only wanting to be our best friend and our shepherd, but now the psalm makes a little bit of a shift and he becomes our host. Incredible. One scholar, Gerald Wilson, said this, In these verses, Yahweh is no longer our shepherd, but assumes the role of host. While trusted followers sit as honored guests at his table, The image shifts, therefore, from the joys and threats of the migrating flock to a new picture of a beleaguered, faithful, affirmed, who are honored by God in the very presence of their enemies. This is what God wants to do. He wants to be your host now. And he sets a table for you. And he sets a table for me. You know, I'm going to quote a movie or really a story from a movie you know I like war movies, and I, I don't recommend you watch this unless you're, you're not faint of heart. Uh, it's a brutal movie. It's a true story called Lone Survivor. And in this movie, four Navy SEALs are basically dropped behind enemy lines in Taliban ter- uh, territory to basically survey to see if one of the Taliban leaders are there. And so they're, as they're doing their jobs, they actually, strangely enough, run into three shepherds, and they make the decision not to... Uh, to kill that enemy, but to let them go. It's kind of a mistake in in one sense because what happens is they run down and they tell the Taliban that these four soldiers are present and then this great pursuit begins to happen where they start to chase down these four Navy SEALs. In the story, three of the members are killed uh, by the Taliban and a great insurgents comes after them to, to take them out. But one of the characters, uh, his name is Marcus Luttrell, survives. Though he is badly wounded, uh, he survives this attack. And how he survives it is amazing. A man hid him in his house in one of the Afghan villages. This is the true part of the story. And it's really about uh, part of the, one, one of the main characters besides Marcus Luttrell is this man. In the movie, he's called Ali Suleiman. But really, his name is Mohammed Gulab. And this person is a member of a Pushtan village. And what happens in assisting uh, Luttrell, what happens is he's obeying uh, a code of ethic that they live by called Pashtuwali. I'm mispronouncing this probably. But Pashtuwali, this is what it is, is a respect. This is now uh, Muhammad Gulab saying what this means. Pashtuwali is a respect. A respect for a guest who comes knocking at your door. And even if he is in need... He is in imminent danger. We must protect him. I knew I had to help him to do the right thing because he was in a lot of danger. This man takes in Luttrell and basically protects him, heals his wounds, and and basically engages the enemy who's trying to kill him in the story. It's quite incredible. And even to this day, it's reported that, that Gulab is even being pursued this day that still the Taliban are trying to kill him because of what he did in helping this Navy SEAL. This is what it means in the Middle East if you are taking somebody as a guest into your home. This is the level of depth of respect and love and protection 
that you will offer a guest in your home. That's kind of incredible, isn't it? And think about God. This is what he's saying in this text. He's saying, I am your host and you are my guest. And if you are my guest, you're under my protection. And if you are my guest, you are under my care. And no enemy shall come at you. And so therefore, I'm going to set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You know, I was praying and seeking uh, a while ago, and I, I think I've shared this with you in the past, but it bears repeating. I was praying about that very verse, what that meant. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I, as I was praying, and I really started to get a mental picture. And I, I, w- I want to share that with you because it was so powerful in my life. I saw myself in a battlefield and, and, and there was bombs going off, there was distractions, there was chaos. Just think of war in, in your mind, what that would be like. And this is what it was like, it was terrifying. And, and all kinds of stuff was going on around me and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of a battle. And then suddenly I look over and I see the Lord. And the Lord is in the battlefield, but he's not just you know in the battlefield fighting, he's actually at a table. And he's not sitting at the table, he's setting the table. And I'm talking, this table was unbelievable, you guys. This, this table was, was a banqueting table of a king. And, and, and it was, there was these high back, beautiful chairs and, and the table was ornate and beautifully decorated. And I'm talking church, it was covered with all the delicacies and it was unbelievable fruit and vegetables and meats and and, and des- it was an incredible banquet. This is what I'm trying to tell you. This table was covered. It wasn't like there's a little bit of a morsel of food. It was like, welcome to the banquet of the Lord. And I'm sitting there and the Lord looked so excited. I'm, he was like a, he was like the servant that had set this table and he was so excited for the guests to come and partake. And so I'm there and the Lord is, is like, come to my table. This banqueting table is set for you. And boom, boom, explosions are going off and I'm getting distracted as I'm turning away and looking at these things. And I hear the voice of the Lord calling me back. And the minute I turned and looked back to the Lord, a peace would come over me. And his presence would be there. And I would see this excited, like the face of a kid who's just made his, his mom breakfast in bed. You understand what I'm saying? The kid is so excited because he's, he's like, look at this. And I distinctly remember the Lord saying, have a piece of roast beef, Greg. It was like this, this is the best roast beef you're ever going to eat. And it was awesome to watch the Lord. And here's an incredible thing. I wasn't serving the Lord. He was serving me. I was a guest at his table. Wow. I'm going to tell you, church, when all hell is breaking loose around you, you need to look to the Lord. This is what this picture is talking about. Jesus is kind of in the story, in the the vision I had. he, He was kind of oblivious to all the chaos that was going on around and I was thinking, Lord, like, seriously, don't you see what's going on? And, 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 you know, I was thinking at first, like, maybe he's ignorant of these, of what's going on. But it wasn't ignorance. It was just a lack of concern because he had it under control. Do you understand? Everything around was blowing up and, and saying, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. But Jesus is like, I am the king of kings and the Lord of lords. <laughs> all rule, all authority is mine. 
I don't bow down to these fears. I'm not concerned about this because I'm in charge. If we will but turn to Christ and live in his kingdom church, even in the midst of the battle, even in the midst of our enemies, the enemies of fear, the enemies of doubt, the enemies of pain, whatever enemy is pressing in against you, the Lord is saying, I've set a banqueting table for you. Hallelujah. You know, God is not worried about this moment as we look at our history right now. COVID does not uh, catch God off guard. God is not in shutdown or in lockdown mode. <laughs> He's in blessing mode. Even in the midst of our enemies, mankind, don't turn to man, don't turn to evil for the solution, don't turn to the world for the solution, turn to Christ for the solution. After all, I am Jehovah Rapha, he would say. I am the Lord, your healer. Why are you being dictated to and led by this world that's leading you into evil? But trust me and let me lead you into life and life abundant. Now I'm not saying be stupid, but I'm saying you can be wise in these times and still follow Jesus, amen? <laughs> you can still trust him because he's preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies. The world is screaming right now, getting you to try and pay attention to it. But God is saying, don't. Pay attention to me. Turn to me in this hour. Look to me. You see, God's presence is his provision, church. Do you know another name of the Lord is revealed here? Isn't that awesome? You see, one of God's names, again, in the presence of our enemies, is the Lord our banner, or Jehovah Nisi. And that's found in Exodus 17, 15. And you can read about it. Moses is leading the people of Israel. And they've just been grumbling because they've left Egypt. They've left the world, in a sense. And they're saying, we need water. And they're grumbling and complaining. And God's like, or Moses is like, seriously, you guys, trust God. When you're going through tests like this, as you're walking through the valley, has not God been faithful? Like, he's testing you so that you will learn to trust him. This is part of walking through the valley of the shadow. Amen? And, and so the story goes on, of course. They begin to battle the Midianites. And uh, here's how the story goes. Moses goes up on a hill. And as he's raising his hands to the Lord... Joshua, who's fighting in the valley, is winning the battle. But the minute his hands come down, he starts to lose the battle. And so he raises his hands back up. And as he raises his hand, Joshua and the Israelites win the battle. And so this battle is going on all day, and Moses' hands are getting tired. So Aaron and her come alongside. They sit a rock underneath him, the rock of Christ, by the way. Amen. You're seated in Christ. You can raise your hands to God in the midst of trials, in the midst of battles, in the midst of what you're going on. And Aaron and her literally hold his hands up. Aaron on one side, her on the other. They're holding the hands of Moses up so that the battle can be won. Church, listen to me. You need to hold up your hands to the Lord right now. You need to pray. We need to cry out to God right now. We're in a fight. We're in a battle. Why is prayer so critical right now for the church? Now is not a time to back off and to lessen and to slack off, church. Now is a time to pursue God. Now is a time to press in. Now is a time to fast and pray. 
That's what God is saying to the church. Will you not cry out and lift your hands to me and trust me, look to me, lift your head up and look to me in this hour? And I'm telling you, I need you to raise up my hands right now, church. And I need to raise up your hands. We need to hold each other up and turn our eyes toward heaven, turn our hearts toward God and pursue him in this hour. He will win this battle. But we have to do our part as we walk with him, our great shepherd king. Amen? We need to do our part. Hallelujah. And that's, of course, what happens is they win the battle and Moses says this. He builds an altar and he calls it, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. Hallelujah. Because he's the banner who has our great defender. Do you know there's a banner waving above you and in your life and in my life as believers? The banner that says, I belong to the Lord. The banner that says, I'm of the tribe of the kingdom of God. The banner that says that Jesus Christ is my brother and my best friend and God is my father. Hallelujah. What a psalm of protection that we're reading about. The battle may be raging around you, but keep holding on to the Lord. Keep crying out to him. The enemy wants to get our eyes off of the Lord and onto this world and on to the solutions of this world, and oh, the government's gonna take care of you. Do you honestly believe that this is not gonna end badly, church? Come on now, press into the Lord like never before. We need to get our eyes onto him now, not onto this world. You see, we're invited by the Lord. We're invited by the Lord, our best friend, and our shepherd king, not only into the abundance of his provision, but into the abundance of his protection. We are to fear no evil, for you, God, are with me. So here's the question you need to left, be left with to answer at the end of this message. Who will we travel with through the valley of the shadow of death? Who will be your traveling companion, church? Will you let the shepherd king, your best friend, walk with you? Will you access him through faith and prayer and reading the word and serving and loving and giving and all the things that represent being part of the kingdom of God? Or will you just bow down to this world right now? You really have a choice to make. That's why this verse in this text is so powerful to us. My challenge for you and my challenge for myself is walk with your best friend. Walk with the shepherd king. In all that he is, he will be to us. Amen? Turn to the Lord, you beautiful ones. Turn to the Lord. He's setting a banqueting table in the presence of your enemies. Turn to him in this hour. You know, worship, listen to me. Worship is not um, so that I can get away from the bad things in this world and hide myself in Jesus. You know, that's really not what worship is. Worship is in the midst of the bad things in this world, I will walk with the Lord and I will be aware of his presence that he is with me and for me and not against me. He's together with me in the midst of the things that I am facing. You see, the Lord is there. He is Jehovah Shammah. Hallelujah. 
He wants to be your ever-present reality with whatever you're going through today. But he's also the Lord is our banner, Jehovah Nissi, our strong protector, our gracious host who is setting a banqueting table for us even in the presence of our enemies, church. Walk with him, amen? Turn to him in this hour. You're not alone. Hallelujah. Let's not follow the counterfeit. <laughs> let's not follow evil. But let's enjoy the presence and the provision and the protection of our best friend and our shepherd king, Jesus Christ. Through all the challenges of walking through the valley of the shadow, in the shadow lands as we wait for his eminent return, Christ is with us. Christ is for us. He is good. Amen? God bless you, church. You are loved. You are important to the Lord. We are for you. We are so excited that soon and very soon we'll be gathering together again. Get ready for next week as we delve into Father's Day. And we just look forward to gathering together. Bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious toward you and lift up his countenance toward you and give you peace and grace. Amen.